Welcome to the AgriFutures Chicken Meat Program podcast. I am with Dr. Sandra Sappets today from the Australian Centre for Disease Preparedness in Geelong, which is also known as ACDP. And Sandra has been doing some projects with AgriFutures for the Chicken Meat Program for a number of years, particularly focused around infectious bursal disease virus. So, Sandra, you have been conducting monitoring and surveillance activities for IBDV um, in Australia for a long time now. Um, Can I just ask, firstly, um, there is some difference between Australian strains of IBDV as well as overseas strains. I was just wondering if you could just sort of share with us uh, the difference between the ones that are currently in Australia versus those that are overseas. Yes, thanks, thanks, Rochelle. Um, so genetically, our strains are quite distinct from those circulating overseas. And, and we know that our strains induce no mortalities when we test them in SBF chickens. So what's actually interesting is that in 2021, they were actually placed into two distinct genogroups, designated A7 and A8. And that was based upon sequence analysis of segment A of the genome. So the A7 genogroup actually represents our early classical-like Australian viruses, while the genogroup A8 represents our variant strains. And thus far, at least six other genogroups of IBDV have been recognised overseas that are considered to be exotic to to Australia. So just to give you a bit of background about these six genogroups, which have been designated A1 to A6, I'll just briefly talk about them um, in sequential order, just to give you a bit of background. The so-called classical IBDV strains were first detected in the US in the early 60s and were capable of causing low mortalities. And for over three decades, these strains were effectively controlled by simply vaccinating the breeders, and they then passed on their maternal antibodies to chicks. Then in the mid-80s, new strains began to emerge, and this included the antigenic variants in the US, which were able to break through high levels of maternal antibodies. While in Europe, the so-called very virulent IBDV were, were detected, which were capable of causing high mortalities. Since then, um, new types of IBDV have continued to be identified, including strains called distinct IBDV, as well as the ITA strain, which was first detected in Italy in 2013. And it's interesting that in other countries like Mexico, for example, recombination between classical and variant strains has also been detecting, leading to yet another genogroup uh, of IBDV emerging. So most of these strains, including the US variants, um, they're not really typically associated with mortalities, but rather severe bursal damage, immunosuppression and poor flock performance. Um, You might then ask, so what is the big issue here? Well, there was actually a study done on the broiler chicken industry in Canada that indicated that they actually lose around 3.9 million kilograms of chicken meat per year due to variant IBDV strains. And that actually amounts to about 10% of their annual production. So it's, it's quite significant in terms of economic loss. Um, I should also point out that the majority of IBDV outbreaks that occur overseas are still caused by very virulent IBDV. However, it's actually been estimated that on a world scale, 
Very virulent strains of IBDV only make up around 60 to 76% of strains circulating, which means that these other genotypes I've described represent as much as 40% of the IBDV population worldwide. So it is becoming, as the, the virus is evolving and changing, the epidemiology of the virus is getting quite, um, quite complicated to say the least. So I hope that gives you a bit of a sort of an idea about what's actually circulating out there. Yeah, thank you very much, Sandra. But I guess it's just really wondering too, as you said, there's so much actually circulating, not only in Australia, but also overseas and throughout the world, a range of different strains as well too. So why is it important that we continue to monitor what's going on in Australia? Well, I mean, there are two really main reasons here. Firstly, we want to be able to detect any incursions of exotic IBDV. It's obvious that the faster we detect these strains, the better the chance we have of actually eradicating them. And secondly, it's really important to actually monitor our local strains as well to ensure that we detect any major changes in virulence or antigenicity. And then we can take the necessary steps to either eradicate these strains or at a minimum, try to reduce the spread of such strains in Australia. So those are sort of the two key things I'd like to point out. Yeah, thanks, Sandra. So just in your surveillance activities, um, what did you find? So we have actually collected bursal samples from over 272 poultry farms located all around Australia. Uh, and these were predominantly from broiler farms. Um, we do get a few samples from layer farms, but the vast majority of our samples come from broiler farms. And around 219 of these farms, or 81%, tested positive for IBDV. And then we actually did some genetic analysis on these isolates and that confirmed that they were of Australian origin and no exotic IBDV strains were detect detected, including very virulent IBDV. What's interesting is that the data also demonstrated that Australian strains are slowly evolving and we are detecting genetic changes which could indicate slight changes in antigenicity or virulence. So I suppose there was one of our key findings was the isolation of a variant from South Australia, which had a serine amino acid substitution at position 328 in the viral VP2 protein. Now, this genetic change was quite significant as it's typically associated with increased virulence in overseas strains. So this particular S328 variant, as I'm calling it, was first isolated in South Australia in 2018, but it quickly spread to other farms and it actually appears to be the dominant strain in South Australia at the moment. Moreover, we detected the same strain across the border within Victoria late um, in 2021, where it actually looks like it's displaced a Victorian variant. So this is the first occurrence we've had of a South Australian variant crossing over, the, into, the, over into Victoria. And so that's quite significant. What's actually interesting as well is that when we actually pathotyped this S328 variant in SBF birds, it actually produced clinical signs and reduced weight gain, which were comparable to that seen with other South Australian variants lacking the S328 mutation. So it didn't seem to be, um, didn't seem to be a dramatic increase in pathogenicity. So whether this S328 mutation improves the stability and or transmissibility of the virus is uncertain and really does require further research. Thanks, Sandra. It's, um, it's, it's very, 
positive to note that you haven't found any overseas strains, but also it's very interesting too, though, that you have found that the, the ones within Australia have been spreading particularly across state boundaries. So as a result of your, your surveillance and monitoring work that you have been conducting, what are some of the main implications that you think are important for industry? I think there are a couple of points to make here. I mean, as you mentioned, firstly, the, um, the, the results do suggest that biosecurity needs to be improved so as to pre prevent or at least minimise the spread of endemic IBDV strains in Australia, not only within states, but also across state borders. Um, you might say, so why is this so important? Well, I've already explained that there are numerous exotic strains circulating overseas, some of which induce severe immunosuppression with no mortalities. So if these types of strains were to enter Australia, it could um, be some time before they're actually identified as they could be masked by co-infection with other agents, as is often the case when you get a, an immunosuppressive virus often another opportunistic pathogen will come in and then cause significant disease. And unfortunately, you know, IBDB could be missed in this case. So the longer these types of strains are allowed to spread, the more difficult eradication becomes. And we don't really want to be in a position of having to introduce additional vaccines to try and control such viruses, should they end up becoming endemic in Australia. So that's the purpose. Let's stop it before you know before it has a chance to spread and try to eradicate that is always going to be the, the preferential way to get rid of these viruses thanks sandra it's um biosecurity is always important but this again is another important reminder that we should always continue with biosecurity and make sure that it's one of the most important things that that is um conducted on farm and also throughout the supply chain too so once again, thank you very much for your, your, um, your time today. I really appreciate your, your insights and the information that you've been able to provide um, on this project and that you've conducted, particularly around IBDV. So thank you very much, Sandra. My pleasure, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.